Hello, and welcome back to the Blockchain.com podcast. My name is Garrick Heilman. I'm the head of research at Blockchain.com and a visiting fellow at the London School of Economics. One oft-overlooked aspect of the rise of Bitcoin and crypto is the incredibly important role played by gifting cryptocurrency, or giving it away for free. The practice of giving crypto away goes back to the early days of Bitcoin with the Bitcoin Fawcett website to the tens of millions of dollars worth of crypto donated to various charitable organizations and causes through the years. Today, major charities, including the American Cancer Society, accept crypto donations. To talk about why more charitable organizations are choosing to accept crypto, I spoke with Itor Rossetti of Save the Children. On this episode, we discuss how Save the Children came to become the first major charitable organization to begin accepting Bitcoin donations nearly a decade ago, back in 2013, a time when Bitcoin was not widely known about or understood. What are some of the advantages and challenges of accepting crypto donations? And we discuss Save the Children's ongoing work around the Ukrainian conflict and the role crypto is playing there. Well, Tori, welcome to the Blockchain.com podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, we have a standard question we ask all our guests, which is how they earned their first ever money. Do you remember that? You know, I had to go way back. Let me see in the memory banks. So by way of background, I'm an identical twin. And I remember it was before I could drive. So I was probably 14 or 15 years old. And our mom brought us to a neighborhood where we were essentially mowing lawns. So we were doing landscaping work paid in cash, probably under minimum wage back then. But it was the first time that I began to um, be self-reliant for some discretionary income besides an allowance from our parents. (laughs) So there you go. And it was not paid in crypto or Bitcoin. It was paid in US dollars, fiat currency. Cold, hard, physical cash. All right. Great. Well, that's that's a good way to, to get kids started. Something tangible they can they can touch. Right. Um, that's right. So uh, so let's let's hear more about your background and uh, and save the children. Uh, tell us about yourself and, and tell us about save the children, the organization. I, I know a number of our listeners, I'm sure, have heard of save the children. Uh, but give us give us kind of the history and, and the focus and mission. Absolutely. So by way of background, I've been at Save the Children for 17 of its 102 years. It was founded in 1919 by a woman by the name of Eglatine Jeb and her sister, Dorothy Buxton, in London. And they were protesting at the end of World War I, the European blockade, which was causing kids to starve. And her belief was that no child should starve to death, no matter what side of the conflict they're on. And that humanitarian principle that all children deserve to be safe, protected from harm, and educated and healthy are the guiding principles and values of the founding of Save the Children. In fact, she was arrested for that radical belief because her and her sister were passing out leaflets in Trafalgar Square in London, protesting that travesty, and they were arrested because they didn't have a permit to do so. And when they appeared in front of the judge, 
the judge was so moved by the story and their purpose that he said, I will find you guilty because you did not have a permit, but I will pay your fine. Who should I make it out to? And she said, the Save the Children Fund. And that's how Save the Children began. Now Save the Children works in more than 100 countries around the world, giving kids a healthy start in life, opportunity to learn and protection from harm every day and in times of crisis, like right now, the Ukraine conflict or natural disasters, wildfires, floods, and earthquakes. So it's uh, an inspiring mission and I'm glad to be a part of it. In fact, I am a father of two kids. They're now teenagers. I've seen them grow beyond the first day of life, which is so treacherous in the developing world up through age five and into now almost young adults. And that journey, I've been able to vicariously live the mission of Save the Children through my two kids. Awesome. And, and tell us a bit about your background and, and how long you've been with Save the Children, what you did maybe beforehand. And, and it, it sounds like uh, clearly you have a passion, passion for, for what's you know, the Save the Children mission. Were you doing something similar before? Yeah, so I have combined philanthropy with digital marketing in my career. Uh, originally, I was in the area of sports marketing and then pivoted to internet marketing in the mid to late 90s. Uh, my identical twin brother and I started a, a, a company that was servicing .com, so one of the first digital marketing companies. But working around the clock for so many years for so many clients, most of which were for-profit pursuits, really didn't uh, give me fulfillment. And I wanted to find a mission in an organization that was a for-purpose rather than for-profit. And I found that in Save the Children nearly 18 years ago. And I've been there ever since, combining my passion and experiences in digital marketing and innovation to advance the mission of Save the Children. Innovation is part of our theory of change, and I've really used that as a core value, creativity and innovation at Save the Children to usher in Web 1, Web 2, and now the third version of the Web, Web 3. Awesome. So Save the Children <clears throat> is, is a international non-governmental organization, INGO, and uh, was the first, uh, to our knowledge, INGO to actually ever accept Bitcoin as a donation almost a decade ago, all the way back in 2013. Can you uh, tell us about that decision and, and how, how Save the Children uh, was the first uh, such organization to, to, to make this leap and start accepting this new magic internet money, as it was called back then? Yes, absolutely. So the roots of that decision were, were planted, uh, the seeds of that decision were planted in 2020, 2012 and even before, where we were one of the first nonprofits to be actively involved in, in we'll call it peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, where people raise funds on our behalf among their communities. First it was YouTubers, then it was gamers. And gamers came together and would raise funds while live streaming. 
with their friends. And that innovation, a new way to fund our mission and our programs, opened our eyes to new audiences and new activities to raise funds. So Bitcoin was on our radar as early as 2012. We had already started researching it. I had had preliminary discussions with our public affairs, our legal compliance, and our finance teams to discuss how we might accept Bitcoin as a type of donation, similar to a cash donation, except it being digital and intangible property, like a stock. So when the day before the American Thanksgiving in November of 2013, the call center forwarded in a, a caller about wanting to help our Typhoon Haiyan response in the Philippines. And they wanted to rally the Bitcoin community and make a, a contribution in Bitcoin. So, you know, through sort of a, a, bit, a bit of a pause, you know, I said, yeah, well, well I'll get back to you by, by close of business today. And then after hanging up, I literally and figuratively sort of ran around the office going back to those same leaders that I went to to discuss what our policy is on accepting a Bitcoin donation. And after several conversations, the only condition was at that time, we did not have a cryptocurrency wallet. We did not have a custodian account. So we would accept the Bitcoin donation, but we asked if they would convert it to fiat before wiring the funds to save the children. They agreed to do it that way. We receded them as a donor. It was through the BitGive Foundation. And that's how we received 48 hours later, our very first Bitcoin donation on what was called Bitcoin Black Friday. And you might imagine back in 2013, there weren't many organizations or merchants or vendors that accepted Bitcoin donations or, or, uh, or purchases. So it was a relatively small ecosystem in a small marketplace, but it was a passionate marketplace. They really wanted to give back and make a difference. And ever since then, in 2014, we stood up a cryptocurrency wallet and a custodian account, have been accepting cryptocurrency ever since with a, a couple of hiccups along the way. Well, love to love to cover some of those hiccups. But uh, before we get to that, even, I just want to review the, uh, the the actual decision to begin accepting cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin, uh, because this is, uh, you know, sometimes seen as a controversial topic. And, um, you know, even in today, uh, you know, and especially back in 2013, where there was uh, a lot less information and understanding of, of Bitcoin and its, its use for various activities, uh, some of which are not well received, uh, of course, and, and uh, you know, I wonder if there was kind of some arguments against it, uh, and and if so, how were those addressed, and and what do you what do you make of today's, you know, um, you know, position by say like the Wikipedia Foundation, which recently just said, well, we don't want to be seen as endorsing this. We're going to actually, 
not accept donations, uh, you know, of cryptocurrencies? Yeah, it's a really great question. Our calculus was as follows. The first question we asked ourselves was, is it legal? Is it legal in the United States? And it wasn't illegal, right? It was legal. And in fact, a few years after that, the IRS clarified the definition of virtual currencies, even though as you, your listeners may know, Bitcoin is not a currency. It's not legal tender. It is digital property and it is treated as if it is a stock. For example, after a year, it could be used in capital gains offsets. By the way, um, I'm not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice, but I will say once we overcame the regulatory hurdle that it was legal and we could account for it by our finance and treasury teams, then it was a matter of updating our gift acceptance policy to define virtual currencies, including Bitcoin, and how we might fold that into our standard operating procedures for acknowledging and receding our donors. And at the time, it was a somewhat manual process. It certainly was in 2013. In 2014, we were able to automate some of those processes. And certainly in recent years, now working with the giving block, we've been able to automate a lot of that process. We also talked to our banks at the time. And because it was an innovation, like most innovation in technology, it outpaces regulation. Even now, as we see the Biden administration issuing an executive order to promise regulation and give that mandate for the government. So regulation is a good thing because it provides clarification. When there's ambiguity, then there's confusion and volatility in the marketplace. And for us at Save the Children, the decision was, are we willing to take some calculated risks to potentially help more children in need around the world? And the answer was yes. And that's why we accept Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. The scope of need, the number of children especially now, given going on to th the third year of a global pandemic, given the largest humanitarian conflict in Ukraine and existing conflicts in Yemen and elsewhere around the world, the level and scope of need for children is greater than ever before, certainly during my career at Save the Children. And thus, we need to think differently, we need to act differently, and we need to use new technologies to solve today's problems. We can't use yesterday's technologies. So that's why I'm excited about the opportunity of cryptocurrency and the blockchain on which it is built. Yep. 
Let's talk about some of the benefits of, of accepting crypto from, from Save the Children's perspective. And, and you already mentioned one of them, which is, you know, the passionate community in the cryptocurrency space. And, and you know, we, we've seen the cryptocurrency community be incredibly generous through the years, through various things. So I know that's a big, big part of it. Uh, but what other uh, advantages exist for, for uh, organizations like Save the Children? Trusted by millions since 2011, Blockchain.com has crossed over 1 trillion in crypto transactions and facilitates around one third of all Bitcoin network transactions. Securely store, trade and buy Bitcoin, Ethereum and other top cryptocurrencies on the Blockchain.com wallet and exchange. Go to Blockchain.com to get started today. Right. So for us, it's been able, we've been able to reach a new profile of donors through accepting cryptocurrency. And it, it reminds me of when we work with gamers, we have a stream team, which is a community of gamers, creators, streamers, who vloggers who live stream and fundraise on our behalf with their community and doing something with the community for a purpose other than your own is so powerful. It provides adhesion within the community. It provides affinity for the cause and the organization and that spreads. And so it is, um, and as, as Seth Godin says, the thought leader, author and, and consummate marketer, ideas that spread win. So we're hopeful that this generosity that the community shows does spread, reaching a demographic. Most of our donors remain anonymous, but those who indicate their identity, the profile skews a bit younger, a bit male, and therefore it is a new demographic, a new profile of donor that is different. And, and not only are their demographics and psychographics and geographics different, I mean, it's borderless, but also sometimes it is the first time they've donated to a cause like Save the Children. And being able to teach philanthropy, to show the good work that their funds enable, it, it's inspiring from our side as well. So reaching new donors, the, the, this, the, the business rationale is simple. New dollars from new donors. In this case, not dollars, crypto, but we do exchange it for fiat right now as a matter of policy. And that is one clear justification of accepting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Yep. And, and with a recent campaign, your Hodel Hope campaign, uh, which raised, I believe, 5 million in crypto donations, I mean, this, this, these were direct cryptocurrency donations. So people actually sending to a Save the Children address, which they could actually look at online, you know, through a blockchain explorer like the Bitcoin or sorry, the blockchain.com explorer and see the size of the donations that were accumulating in the Save the Children address. That's right. So Hodel Hope was a campaign that we started last year in 2021. And for us, it was 
a way that we could provide and build and apply the lessons learned from our gaming philanthropy to crypto philanthropy. So hodelhope.org has got a leaderboard. It has got a thermometer tallying all of the donations. And the leaderboard demonstrates the projects and the NFTs and also the coins and the tokens and the individual donors who's in the lead. And that friendly competition, fostering friendly competition, and in fact, gamifying the act of philanthropy, I think is so powerful that it can be applied to crypto as well. And that was the insight that we used and it worked. Creating friendly competition, being proud of your project. And we, and, and folks in this space, visibility is important, exposing projects to the public. And this is one great way that donors can do that. Some of the donors, in fact, revisit the page to see where they are in the leaderboard and rally their communities to give more. It is transparent, as you point out. You can verify contributions through blockchain scans and ether scans that they go to save the children. And the technology behind the site is powered through the Giving Blocks API. The Giving Block is a service provider that specializes in helping nonprofits like Save the Children accept cryptocurrency. So their reporting functionality helped power the leaderboards. Yes, there was a lot of manual work on our side, but it was worth it to be able to demonstrate in a social way friendly competition for a greater good. And, and it doesn't matter who's on top of the leaderboards. It matters that children are winning when more people donate to a cause like Save the Children. And that's what we're excited about. We're excited as Bitcoin and cryptocurrency go mainstream that more and more people will unlock their own generosity. And maybe it's in the form of a community. I mean, think about Web 1.0, right? Web 1.0 was about connecting people to content. And then let's call 1.5 where you added an S to the HTTP protocol, the address in your address bar, and the S is for secure. So you have a secure website that you can put your credit card down and make a contribution, which 20 years ago was a radical idea and now is mainstream. Well, just as radical is having a virtual currency that you would give to a cause you care about. And that is part of the Web3 platform and promise for the future, is a new and different way to give value to organizations and causes you care about. And that's why we're, we're excited about it. HODL, as, as your audience might know, is that term for holding crypto. We don't hold crypto at the moment. It is a is a term for this campaign that is figurative, not little, uh, not literal. But we, if you donate crypto, you hodl hope for children, and that was the tagline for the campaign. Yep. Yeah. So for those new to that term, hodl h o d l, uh, hang on for dear life is sometimes uh, how it's spelled out. But it was a, a misspelling. Uh, by someone who was passionate back, I think, in 2013 during the great price crash back then and said they were going to hang on through the price crash. And uh, it's come to be a rallying cry for uh, 
for many in crypto. But um, yeah, no. So the transparency is certainly one one benefit of of crypto adoption uh, of accepting crypto donations. You mentioned um, uh, you mentioned uh, you know the per- service provider that you work with uh, on on accepting those donations. And are they the ones setting um, or guiding you on which cryptos to accept? Because you accept more than Bitcoin. And is that something that you just defer to them on, or is it something that you guys make your own choices about? Yes, we actually work with them on the acceptance of crypto. So folks can donate more than 60 different types of cryptocurrencies to save the children, to, to see them all, savethechildren.org forward slash Bitcoin, and we accept more than just Bitcoin in the drop down list. That list is changing um, regularly. We even accept ApeCoin now. We accept Dogecoin. And these community coins, these meme coins are interesting in that they people are, are passionate. They have an affinity for them. And to go back to the version of the web 1.0, 1.5, you know, in version 2.0, the social web, people can donate for causes they care about, the DIY fundraisers, you know, donate your birthday to save the children, right? You are raising money, the, the, the digital version of a lemonade stand on your street corner, right? That is the second version of the web for nonprofits. But the third version of the web combines that DIY fundraiser capability for, let's say, NFT communities who choose a cause they care about and then rally to donate to that cause. And that is what's interesting about this new frontier of philanthropy is now that we're seeing even DAOs and smart contracts with NFTs so you can build philanthropy right in, in addition to a straight cryptocurrency donation. So those are the some of the, the tenants and the, the new innovations that we're seeing in the space. The list of cryptos that we accept is powered by our wallet custodian, Gemini, and then ultimately in the drop-down list uh, with the web widget powered by the giving block. We do accept others. So if there's any others not natively accept in the drop-down, there is a manual service uh, that they provide to us to be able to accept them. But we do accept quite a few now. Yep, and, and we've we've had the giving block on the blockchain.com podcast in the past, and we'll we'll link to that episode in the the show notes if people are interested in hearing more about that side of uh, of crypto donations. So you mentioned previously Ukraine, and uh, it got a lot of attention that early on, as the crisis and in, in conflict uh, started, that there were tens of millions of dollars quickly raised uh, via cryptocurrency. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the, one of the benefits arguably of, of cryptocurrency donations is that even in times of conflict and there may be disruptions to the financial system, uh, there's ways to get value, um, to people, uh, who are, who are seeking it. But I, I wondered if we could talk about, uh, the Ukrainian conflict and, and save the children's involvement and, and the, the funds that have been raised around that. Talk to us about the impact of what you've been up to so far and uh, your feeling about the, the size of donations, crypto donations that have come into uh, Ukraine. Sure. So much like our founding, where we were founded after World War I, we 
now are actively involved in humanitarian efforts around the, the conflict in Ukraine. What we typically do, first of all, we've been on the ground in Ukraine since 2014, providing programming for children in need. The first is child-friendly spaces. So in times of conflict, whether man-made or natural disaster, children who are separated from loved ones, from their parents, who are at risk of violence, need to be protected mentally and physically. So the psychosocial programs that we provide in an atmosphere called child-friendly spaces, which I've got to see firsthand in Lebanon a few years ago. And you would not know that these refugee families who are fleeing violence, at that time it was from Syria into Lebanon, and now obviously it's from Ukraine to the surrounding countries where we also work in Romania and in Poland. And there is a, a, um, this, you know, a, a bubble, if you will, of protection that a child-friendly space provides children who are fleeing. We're, in fact, setting up child-friendly spaces in airports where families are, have makeshift shelters and are living and are fleeing violence and trying to get to safe safety. And that is one of the key programs that we provide early in a conflict such as this. As the situation stabilizes, we also focus on basic needs such as nutrition and food and healthcare and hygiene. This is all happening while we're still uh, in the global COVID pandemic. So it is a difficult time for children but those are some of the programs that we provide. We're also giving out what we call um, cash transfers. We give out v vouchers so that families can purchase what they need when they're in transit. And that is, these programs are some of the programs that we funded with both cryptocurrency and fiat currency. In terms of scale of donations, during my tenure at Save the Children, which has been now essentially an adult generation, so just about 18 years, which is becomes the legal age of a child becoming an adult in the U.S. And we protect children up until age 18 till they become thriving adults. It is like the combination of the worst natural disaster, the South Asian tsunami, which hit Bande Aceh province in 20, uh, 2004. Uh, I was at Save the Children de then, and it struck, the tsunami struck the day after Christmas on December 26th. And in recent years, the Syrian refugee crisis. So if you combine the scale of both of those, we haven't seen this level of need, but also this level of generosity in the past generation. And, and this next generation of, of children, um, Seth call, Godin calls them the Generation C. And that C could be conflict, it could be climate, it could be COVID, but it also could be crypto. And I think crypto potentially has the answer to those first three C's. So we're focused 
not only in Ukraine, but for the next generation, I'm helping this generation out of poverty and through these challenges that they face. So we've seen cryptocurrency and crypto philanthropy grow during this conflict. It, it has unlocked generosity. We're in discussions about creating innovative ways to give cash and crypto and fund our programs. So we're excited about what the opportunities are that lie ahead, but we're inspired by the generosity of all of our supporters, new and existing, who have helped the cause of children in Ukraine. Thank you for that. So just as we look into the future here, uh, I mean, it's incredible what, what Save the Children's already done with, with crypto donations being so early to accept Bitcoin all the way back in 2013. And one thing I know about the cryptocurrency community is there's a real passion for supporting organizations that find ways to kind of further extend the adoption and use and integration of blockchain technology uh, generally in cryptocurrency use more specifically. And I'm just trying to kind of peer into the crystal ball a bit and try to imagine how could organizations like Save the Children, other nonprofits maybe who haven't been as quick to begin accepting crypto donations, how could they uh, start to do that more? How could you maybe instead of just instantly converting to fiat, maybe look at with the advent and rise of stable coins, potentially, you know, accepting stable coins and actually spending those um, to, to uh, further the use of cryptocurrency and, and expenditures. Have you given any thought to kind of what's ahead uh, in the charitable landscape and cryptocurrency and, and, and supporting further adoption of this technology? Yeah, that's a great question, Garrick. And yes, we have. We're looking at stable coins. You're absolutely right, pegged to a, a fiat currency so that it is not quite as volatile if we do hold it, that it doesn't decrease in value while we're holding it so that the value that the donor gave is the value that we were able to utilize. So we're absolutely looking at that as a possibility. I think this um, cryptocurrency itself is can be an investment and if people donate their bitcoin and other crypto to save the children they're investing in future they're resting in the future of children and our collective future and and childhood is an investment and some of the innovations around the blockchain create new ways of giving so for example Yes, absolutely. A donation of cryptocurrency and much like a, a gift of stock to save the children is something that can be given. But also NFTs built on, on smart contracts that enable a piece of the proceeds of an NFT minting that either for the first time drop or in perpetuity going forward, that contributions can be donated to causes. And we do accept proceeds of NFTs. So I think smart contracts have the possibility to change the landscape for nonprofits 
in, in this industry, we really appreciate, appreciate and value all donors, one-time donors for, let's say, an emergency response, but, but also ongoing supporters. We call them sustainers, or we call them members. They are they help us advance, they're partners in children and help us advance our mission and have reliability and predictability for our programs in 120 countries around the world, including right here in the United States. And that kind of innovation tied to royalty streams that are giving back to a cause like Save the Children is, is quite interesting. And finally, beyond the cryptocurrency side, there's the blockchain. And imagine building programs on the blockchain for the children and communities we serve. That potentially can change not only the way we raise funds, but the way we implement our programs. So we're certainly excited about the future of philanthropy and Web3. Wonderful. Well, Atori, thank you so much for coming on the blockchain.com podcast. We really appreciate all the hard work you're doing uh, for children around the world in places like Ukraine. And uh, we wish you the very best in that work. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please rate us and leave a review as it really helps boost our visibility to more listeners. Also, if you have a topic you'd like to see us cover, please get in touch at the following email address, podcast at blockchain.com. Once again, that's podcast at blockchain.com.